For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Here's something that's popular in punditry. Keep your eye out for it because it happens all the time, and it's it's something stupid that has occurred in the last couple of years. Huh. So pundits on cable news, uh, or even on the networks on Sunday morning, they'll they'll put out a a hypothetical that is quite unlikely, in some cases very unlikely, and then discuss it seriously for fifteen minutes. Mm-hmm. So they throw out a. What if Trump, you know, did do this and then discuss it for 15? Well, there's no evidence he did that. <laughs> what, what, are we, what are we talking about this for? Right. And I have thought that conversation around Hillary Clinton has been that for quite some time. Throw out a, what if Hillary got in the race? Oh, and then discuss it for 15 minutes. Well, there's, there's no chance that was going to happen until this week. Oh, boy. I think things changed this week. I think it's a real conversation now. That New York Times article with all the power brokers in the Democratic Party saying, uh, you know, we're, we're looking elsewhere and she's on the list. Our guest is Lon Hee Chen, David and Diane Steffi, research fellow at the Hoover Institution, director of domestic policy studies at Stanford University. Lon Hee, how are you? I'm doing well, gentlemen. Oh, how are you? Oh, what, is that? what is that? It's the spirit of Hillary Clinton haunting the Democratic Party. I don't know if you're familiar with this, Lon. He, you probably are. One of my favorite quotes from H.L. Uh, Mencken, which I uh, can never find. He's describing how unsuccessful presidential candidates ought to be thrown off the top of the Washington Monument. Because once they lose, all they do is wander the countryside spreading bitterness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so what of Hillary yeah. in the current state of things? Well, this is the, you know, some of this, I I think there's two reasons you're hearing all this speculation. And by the way, you're absolutely right about the hypothetical on cable news. I mean, if if there weren't hypotheticals, we'd only have like two hours of cable news programming a day. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. Um, How awful would that be? But, you know, the, the Hillary thing, I think, is an outgrowth of two things. First of all, 
I do think there is a genuine concern in a lot of Democratic Party circles, particularly amongst the more establishment Democrats, that they're not going to have a candidate who's going to be able to compete with Donald Trump when it comes to the general election. So there is a sincere concern that someone like Elizabeth Warren is just too far to the left. Her policies are too far to the left. She's not going to be a saleable asset when when the time comes during the general election. The other thing is, in every presidential primary, as long as I can remember, certainly everyone I've worked on, there is always this yearning for somebody else to come in the race. I remember in 2012 when I was working for Mitt Romney, it was all about Chris Christie. You know, is Chris Christie going to get in the race? Then it was Mitch Daniels. Is Mitch Daniels going to get in the race? Then it was, you know, fill in the blank. In 2016, Republican primary, you know, the tables were turned. It was, you know, will Mitt Romney get into the primary and compete against Jeb Bush? And, and in the Democratic primary that year, similarly, there was, you know, Mike Bloomberg, is he going to get in? So a, a lot of what we're hearing now about Hillary and the, and the ghost of Hillary, the spirit of Hillary kind of pervading over all the, the, the entire field – some of that is natural, and I think you're going to find that in a presidential primary, regardless of the year, regardless of the candidate. The only thing that I think is is, is different about it is um, I saw some of the people from Hillary land or from Clinton land on the various cable news shows this weekend, and they didn't knock it down at all. In fact, they spent their time on the TV explaining why she would be a good candidate, which I thought was pretty interesting. Well, they're trying to keep her relevant, because otherwise, why do you Ah. care about Hillary Clinton? You know, why do you care what Hillary Clinton thinks? I mean, the answer is you you don't care anyway. Right, I don't. Correct. (laughs) And I I certainly don't, and I never have. But but the reality is that if you don't make it seem like it's some possibility – then that talk goes away and she goes back to, you know, making millions at the Clinton Foundation. You're, so, you're absolutely right. The moment yeah. anybody says, no, nah, she's not interested in running, she's completely done on the on the national stage. It's over. Yeah, she has no platform. She's not an elected official. She doesn't have, you know, anything she's involved in that keeps her in the public eye. And so this is their way of trying to keep people interested in her. But I don't seriously think that she's going to run. I mean, losing the way she did to Donald Trump in 2016 is quite enough, I would think. Lon He Chen on the line. Change of topic, Lon He. The impeachometer. Is it pointing more toward impeachment and removal than, say, a week ago? Less? What's your take? I think it's, I mean, I've always thought that it was you know, pretty much 100 percent likelihood he gets impeached because, you know, the House is, is democratically controlled and they have to they have to take that vote for a variety of different reasons. On on the Senate side, I suppose you can argue that the that the meter is ever so slightly ticking higher in terms of likelihood of removal. I mean, it's still a really low number. I still think the likelihood of removal is somewhere around, you know, eight to nine percent. So it's a low number. But the evidence this week or the the leaks around the Bill Taylor testimony, um, the the, the Ukraine ambassador's testimony, uh, that was damaging to the president. I don't think there's any way to spin that. Um, For folks not super into it, why do you say that? Well, just because it, you know, it, it presents sort of evidence of somebody who was involved in the relationship between the U.S. and Ukraine at the time in a very serious way. Who, who who has been a career diplomat, uh, who has been, you know, well, well regarded and generally credible, doesn't seem to have a whole lot of political leaning one way or the other. 
for him to say, look, you know, I was concerned about what the president wanted and he read it as a quid pro quo. I mean, those those kinds of pieces of evidence of people who were involved in the process at the time and who don't seem to have an axe to grind that 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 seems to me to be to be more credible than not. And so that's why I think, you know, people sort of pause and say, well, that's an interesting piece of evidence. Again, I don't know that it changes anybody's mind at this point, but I do think a lot of this is a question of when does the Jenga tower collapse huh. and, and, and what, you know, what piece causes it to collapse? And I think that's the question we got to ask. Lon He Chen has a podcast called Crossing Lines with Lon He Chen, and I was listening to another podcast the other day with Jonah Goldberg and somebody else on it, and they were discussing um, maybe things were better. They believe things were better back when it was smoke-filled rooms picking candidates for the parties instead of the process we got now. And there was more of an emphasis on the party platform. You knew what each party stood for. They they announced their platform, and it was more about the platform than the person, as opposed to now it's more about the personality, and nobody knows what the platform is of either party. What are your thoughts on that as a guy who thinks about this sort of stuff? Yeah, I mean, I think that's absolutely right. Having having worked on the party platform, you know, the last couple cycles, I can tell you, it, it really is a posturing document that nobody actually reads anymore. And it is about the, and by, by the way, what goes into the platform is entirely what the nominee of the party wants in terms of the policy that he or she comes up with. That seems that like, that seems crazy. Platform. Yeah. And, 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 and so, I mean, if you go back to the premise that things were better before, I, I, I do think there's a certain uh, truth to that because what happened in, in the old days is parties were forced to think about things like general election electability, ability to govern, experience. And, and, you know, to me at least, those are important factors. Now, to a lot of people, they're not. And that's why we've migrated toward the system we have now. And that's why you end up with not a nominee like Donald Trump, somebody who didn't have any prior experience in politics, but who people thought was going to shake things up and do something different. That was a more important value to them right. than the other values that were around, you know, 80, 90 years ago. Well, and a counter-argument to your point of view, which I actually on one level agree with, and I think we've got like 90 seconds left, but at the point that the federal government becomes so enormous and bloated and profitable for those in it, and the Democrats and Republicans are clearly cooperating with each other, nobody shrinks the government. It just grows and grows and grows. At that point, you can't trust the party elders, and you need a firebrand. You need to chuck a grenade, as they say, and you know whether it's Donald Trump or somebody like that. Yeah, I mean, I, and that, that's the other problem is when you've got this sort of uh, industrial complex that arises around lobbying and influence politics in Washington, you know, people do want an outsider, and that's a perfectly understandable need. But how do you balance that with the desire to have, you know, a, a nominee of the party who can actually govern, who can actually command uh, the middle of the country, which is right. what you want, I think. Ultimately, you want someone who governs from the middle because that ends up creating a situation where you've got less inflamed passion and people on either side, at least hopefully, can say, yeah, you know what, I can get on board with this guy. Lon He Chen of the Hoover Institution, Stanford University, and Crossing Lines with Lon He Chen, the excellent podcast. Lon He, I hope the uh, good folks listening enjoy the chats, because we sure do every time. Thanks a million. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah. I just think I like the idea of uh, it being about uh, the 
the platform rather than the personality. Right. And and, and then they pick somebody that's going to act their platform. If you don't like that platform, you go to the other side. Or a third party comes up that mm-hmm. challenges those two platforms. Right. As opposed to the right personality to, cha- to challenge the, the other personalities. Mm-hmm. Which isn't happening, obviously. It yeah. hasn't gotten off the ground. And or the party elders get the word that, listen, we have got to change or we will get no votes. We need to shake things up. We can't uh, continue to... You know, scratch the Democrats back, say, well, uh, you know, they scratch ours or vice versa, depending on which way you swing. Uh, I don't know. It's just such an interesting question to me. Democracy can't possibly work. <laughs> uh, it's, it's been a lovely try, though. Crossing Lines with Lon He Chen is his podcast. I don't know how everybody I, I know people who seem to take in endless podcasts, newspaper articles. Yeah. Latest hit TV shows and movies. I don't know how y'all do it. No, I don't either. <laughs> when do you sleep or eat? Uh, or I eschew most other responsibilities in my life. From well, there, that's one plan. It, it, it'd be easier without children, no doubt. But uh, I don't know how people do, do find all that stuff. There's certainly plenty of content out there right now. Yeah. How many friends do you have that say, oh, man, you got to listen to this podcast. It's great. It's three hours and 45 minutes long. <laughs> When? How? What? 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 Am I driving to uh, Fairbanks at some point this week? Come on. Too much content. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.